Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with hosts Amy Babinchek, James Kernan, and Carl Palachek. Produced by Kernan Consulting and for the international MSB community, we are dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. This podcast is sponsored by the Kerning Consulting's Millionaire Mastermind Roadshow. Get the answers you need to grow your business guaranteed. This MSP Business Owner Conference is two full days of powerful information, instruction, and action to show you how to thrive in this troubled economy. Join us for an action-packed event in Scottsdale, Arizona on September 28th and 29th and enjoy golf, casino, and the spa experience at the Lavish Talking Stick Resort. More information in the show notes. All right, welcome back to the SMB Community Podcast. This is James Kernan with Kernan Consulting, live and super excited about our guest today. Our uh, our topic of conversation is called Burned by the Big Guys, Lessons Learned by Vendor Letdowns. I think you can all relate to that, right? <laughs> and our special guest that we have with us today is Jason Miller, the founder and CEO of BitLift. Hey, Jason. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show today. Oh, you bet. You bet. I'm I'm was looking forward to this. So today we're going to talk a little bit more about, you know, being lured in by that big name vendor. You know, we've all been there, right? Only to discover their definition of services really don't match our expectations. So um, we're going to talk about some real life stories, about some vendor disappointments. But before we dig into that, Let's go back in time a little bit. Tell us just a little bit more about you as a person, okay, Jason? Yeah, so I started I started my IT career in 1996 and started out as a network engineer, system administrator, and uh, I just con- continued to uh, love working with people, solving you know challenges that that people have, mm-hmm. and so um, you know, like some tech people, I sort of grew into a communication skill set, those soft skills, as well as technical skills. Yeah. And, uh, and it just fast forwarding to today, this is my second startup. And uh, the first one we, uh, we successfully sold and exited in Tampa, Florida. And then, uh, so here in Michigan now and in, in running BitLift. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So as the, as the founder of the company, you know, Sounds like it was your idea. What, what yes. was the, what was the reason? What was the idea behind uh, the business? Well, I looked at the marketplace and think back to like 2014, 2015. There was just a ton of consulting going on in the space, and you also seen like Uber and Lyft uh, in in the space. Uh, almost nobody knew what Lyft was, you know, in in that time frame. But you you looked at Uber and Lyft and you looked at the business models that first started off with excess capacity. You know, you're going to drive from point A to point B and you're going to potentially have three other seats available. Yeah. I looked at that model and I thought cybersecurity really needs that. Almost everybody needs cybersecurity. As a matter of fact, everybody does at one, one point or a level or another. But um they they really need help getting there. Not everybody can afford, you know, what an enterprise budget can get you, right? And so you need some sort of ride sharing concept um, applied to your business model. 
And yeah. so that's that's where BitLift uh, was born, was born out of that idea. Cool, cool. So just at a high level, what are what are some of the services so our listeners understand a little bit more about your organization and what you guys offer? Yeah, so BitLift is a laser-focused monitoring, managed detection and response type of company. Nice. Uh, we had a lot of customers um, early on tell us, we, we are tired of just getting more alarms and alerts. And so they, they were out in the space looking for something that produced more value. And so what our service and our software uh, really does is end-to-end is -end complete solution of monitoring your SaaS, monitoring your software, monitoring your identities, uh, with also monitoring your network and making sure that you're, you're safe and secure. But also, mm -hmm. if you do have a problem, we have an automated incident response platform. And it's not just to send you another email or open up a support ticket. We're actually neutralizing threats uh, in real time as they're happening. Nice, nice, that's awesome. So you work hand in hand with the MSP partner and you're, you're working with them with their end users. Um, you know, is it is it a human intervention or tool or both? It is both. And uh, it's it's simply because it is not truthful to say that it's a automated, uh, complete end to end. Yeah. Um, in, in our situation today, in our landscape today, uh, cybersecurity threats are happening at many different levels and from many different angles. And so you have to have human intervention as well as automation uh, at your fingertips. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So I know before we started the program, we were kind of talking about, um, you know, those big vendors and, and, uh, and then you get, you get enamored with their name and all their promises. And then you ultimately get disappointed because it doesn't happen. You know, mm -hmm. they fall short, you know, we've all experienced that, you know, you, in your longstanding career, do you have any, uh, any stories that you're able to share, um, I do, I do, and I was trying to think of the the long list of them. It's uh, <laughs> it's, it, I think the one thing that if I could shout from the rooftops, you know, to to the listeners and 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 to this audience is is that, um, just because a big brand name that is you know publicly traded company, um, yeah. comes out with uh, something like I'll use what the the industry that we're yeah. in, which is MDR. And I was speaking with someone just a couple of weeks ago, you know, sort of my frustration with uh, one of these companies and I won't name names, but, you know, you, you can sort of uh, figure it out. But the, the reality is, is, is definition of somebody's acronym is super important. Uh, mm -hmm. We had one of our customers come to us and say, hey, um, you know, this company that we're already using for our endpoint uh, our EDR has come out with this offering that they now say that they offer MDR. And, and so we were sort of, you know, diving into it. And I said, well, you know, share with me the information that they're, they're sharing uh, with you details, you know, like scope yeah. of work and all of that. Right. And so, and so we got into it and we come to find out that they were only doing log collection from the EDR itself. Mm. And so their definition of MDR was solely focused around, you know, monitoring the logs 
from yeah. their EDR component, right? Hmm. And I said, uh, I said to my customer, I said, well, well, what are they going to do with all the rest of your logs that we're currently monitoring today? Your Office 365, your Azure environment, right? And all these other things. And yeah. it's, it's sort of, he was like, wow, I didn't realize, you know, I thought that they were, since they were using the MDR acronym, that it was a complete offering like yours at BitLift. And so, you know, no matter whether it's MDR or it's EDR or it's it's one of these acronyms, uh, the most important thing that I try and share with people is 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 get their definition, right? Get this this vendor definition. What are they covering, and then what are they not covering? I think that hmm. that's that's the most important thing is is understanding their product and services strengths. And also understanding their product and services weakness, right? Because everything's mm -hmm. got a strength and everything's got a weakness, you know? Exactly. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. I was going to ask you, and you kind of started answering that, you know, what questions should we be asking of our vendor partners uh, in using that information as criteria of what ends up in our stack, right? Because ultimately, at the end of the day, we're standing by ourselves, uh with our partners, but we're the face to the customer and we need to be able to lean back on and have the right partners. And, um, you know, again, I've got countless stories of, of being burned myself because I've been in the channel for so long, but. Yeah, I would, I would explicitly uh, ask, um, you know, when you're trying to solve a challenge, first off, what challenge are you trying to solve? Right. Mm -hmm. And, and make sure that the product or service that you're talking to these vendors and that their product or service actually solves that challenge. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we were, we were having this conversation uh, with another client and, you know, they had very varying degrees of skill set on the team. And um, they were looking at EDR, but as I continued to ask questions of them, uh, they were really focused around phishing attacks and, mm -hmm. and email security. Yep. And they were an Office 365 shop, you know, inside of their MSP, but also their customers. Huh. And, and one of the things that I, I, I made mention to them is, is that although, you know, there's some great EDR products in the space, EDR is not really solving the challenge of, of phishing emails, right? I mean, it, it doesn't have API connecting connectivity into Office 365 or Google Gmail, right? And, yeah. you know, although it can protect once you've clicked on something bad in an email, and then it may drop something on your local machine, but we first had to emphasize that EDR was sort of the wrong tool to be solving when the real pain that you're trying to solve for right now is, you know, phishing emails. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I, I often just, you know, Focus those questions around vendors, around like, what does your product do really, really well? And what does it, what does it not do well at? And then um, what is your, what are you guys doing today? Like uh, when you look at a deep summary of the product and service offering, make yeah. sure that you get a detailed understanding of that product and then, and then understand the roadmap. Um, a lot of times roadmap will help you understand the mindset inside of that company going forward over the next three to six months, nine months, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so important. That's so important. And, uh, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, people do business with people. 
and you can have you know cool tools and great technology and great processes and AI and automate what you can. But at the end of the day, you need to be able to rely on the people behind mm -hmm. what's happening. And you know, you know, we kind of talked about you know the big big company, and uh, I'll. I'll pick on uh, mainstream distribution, you know, channel mm -hmm. distribution. And there's, there's, you know, one success story I'll say on, from my personal standpoint, the, the company that I think gets it best from a, a big worldwide distribution standpoint is TD Cinex. Mm -hmm. And they've, uh, they've done a really good job. The bigger they get, the more resources they get, they really do a good job with their people. And, uh, I think that's what your organization is is, you know, awesome at as well. It's 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 those relationships. It's the people uh, that work on on top of that. So um, anyway, just wanted to to mention that. So I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more with you there, James. And I I gotta uh, uh, stop you there for a second because I want to yeah. touch on this. Is is that you know if if a a vendor or a product or a service is is really pushing the product and the quote and they're trying to get a deal done quickly. That is one of the red flags that I've seen, right? Yeah. yeah. One of the things that I press upon companies, customers, prospects today is, is what's the culture of, of you and your vendor working together? Does your vendor care about you and your company and your employees and your customers? just as much as they care about, say, their job and, and that type of thing, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, think, I think that we're in this place today where culture and that definition of culture has got to expand across our relationships with our partners. Yeah. And, and if it's just transactional, they just want to buy stuff from you and sell stuff to you, then, then that's not really a partnership. You know, there, right. there's really very surface level culture there but you know if the if the person that is trying to protect you be a partner to you and make sure that your business and your customers are running healthy they have your cell phone number you have their cell phone number and they've got your back i think that that's really where we need to start to head into um in these next several years yep yep i, I couldn't agree with you more couldn't agree with you more and as as you were talking about that i'm not going to name any names but as a business coach for the past 17 years in the channel, you know, I've seen a lot of the big guys and even small companies, you know, what one key point or a red flag I'd always point out, like like you were mentioning, is make sure their words match their agreements. Okay. 100%. What they put in writing, right? So, you know, we may have a, a discussion, we come up with terms and conditions of, of how we're going to engage, but all of a sudden you get your agreement after the fact. The pricing's higher. They've got auto renewals, uh, and you're locked into a five-year contract. And yeah. I've, as a business coach, I mean, I've gone back, uh, and I've got lots of relationships with vendors all around the world. But I've seen some really tough ones that are very challenging to work with that don't have a heart. They don't care if yeah. you're in financial troubles. They don't care if you're getting a divorce. They they don't care what's happening. You just they're forcing you to honor their five-year agreement that you didn't realize you were getting into. So yeah. make sure you read that fine print in those agreements uh, and that it matches verbatim what you are talking about. So uh, yeah, I've seen that happen a lot too. Those are great points. And I mean, it could be something different. Like if you and I 
uh, agree verbally that, hey, I'm, I'm willing to get, I, I want to go for price and quantity, but I'm also willing to accept a longer term commitment of contract, you know, mm -hmm. for price and quantity and those types of things. Well, then that's great. But if those things aren't discussed, oh, yeah, the, um, you know, catch 22, make sure you better read all the fine print afterwards. It's always uh, yeah. catches you off guard and it never leaves a good taste in your mouth afterwards. Right. No. Yeah. No, I, I, I've never understood that, Jason, of why some people do that. Um, you know, one of the big red flags as well in contracts is the auto renewal. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oh, you know, the, there's a convenience term where I can cancel but it has to be 60 days prior to the expiration date of the contract. And if yeah. it's sooner than that, then you're, you automatically renewed. You're, you're, um, you're, you're kind of screwed. So anyway, um, that's, uh, that's interesting, but yeah, I love, I love the, the people element of what you guys have talked about And my experience with your organization has all been fantastic. Everybody's professional. Uh, but, um, anyway, Thank I just you. had to say that. Yeah. So, so, Hey, what's, what's coming up for you? Is there anything new in the business or are you going to any events? Yeah. So I'm actually excited. Uh, we are going to be, um, attending some, uh, some mastermind events, um, uh, coming up. We're going to be speaking at the mastermind event in, uh, Scottsdale as yeah. well as, uh, Newport, uh, New, I think it's Newport beach, California, correct me yeah. if I'm wrong, but, um, so we're, we're at those, we're at a few other events. Uh, we, we go to some data connector events. Um, we also went to a CompTIA event. Um, and, um, you know, one of the things that we're just, we're excited to do is just educate the community and, and share with people. We, we don't lead heavy with a, a sales presence, a sales force. We're, we're very heavy around how can I, um, share with you the knowledge I have. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and if that aligns and we eventually do business together, then great. But in the meantime, I believe that I may have some knowledge that I can share with you and you have some knowledge you could share with me and we could benefit each other. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's, that's really one of the things that, that we're, we're focused on. Um, and then, uh, you know, on the product side, we're, we're really trying to, uh, take the product to this next level of where uh, the product and service can be a virtual security engineer and a virtual security analyst. Um, and, and one of the reasons why we see this fitting the marketplace really well is this because all of us are sort of struggling with the same issue, shortage of talent, shortage of people, uh, mm -hmm. shortage in cybersecurity. There's somewhere between 460,000 job openings um, to plus that in, in, in the U.S. alone in cybersecurity. Yeah. And so if every university, there's like just under 5,000 universities in the U.S., if every university was graduating, uh, you know, 30 students or 50 students a year, which isn't happening in cybersecurity, we still would have a, a, a shortage gap for the next mm -hmm. 10 years in cybersecurity. Wow. So I, I really think that we've got to address this with, um, with software, with, with AI, with some of those types of things. Yep. Yep. No, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, that's awesome. That's awesome. In, 
for the listeners that are thinking about marketing your business, uh, Jason said something really important. I just want to go back and, and comment on before we move on. He talked about educational based marketing. I don't know about you, uh, and I'm going to assume 99.9% .9 of the listeners will agree with me on this, but uh, you know, nobody likes a fast talking sales guy or the ultimate sales pitch where you feel pressured into doing something that you're not sure of yet. I love educational based marketing where it's a win-win. You're, you're sharing knowledge and expertise with the intentions of helping someone, regardless if they buy from you or not. That's, that's how I market my business. And uh, it's exactly what Jason talked about, but it's the right way to do it uh, for you looking at creating content in your business and marketing your MSP. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, people do business with people. It's all built on relationships. And that's really the intentions. You want to be the thought leaders, uh, educate your audience, and, uh, and and help your customers and your prospects uh, succeed. That's, that's what yeah. it's all about, right? 100%. So, I mean, if you think about it, cybersecurity is, is this intangible, oftentimes unidentified hidden threat. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and how else are you going to be able to help your customer consume something that they aren't able to see? Right. I mean, this is completely difficult uh, and different than physical security. You know, we're talking about, you know, hidden threats. Right. But I, I fully believe in education first. Nobody wants to buy anything from, you know, somebody that doesn't feel good afterwards that you bought it, right? Yeah, exactly. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. So uh, we're going to drop the links of, of some of the shows that uh, Jason was talking about uh, coming up here. I think there's one at the end of September. There's also one in, in December that, that, we're, that we talked about, the Mastermind events. But uh, on top of that, um, if you don't get a chance to go hear Jason speak at any of these events, uh, you know, consider signing up for a demo, you know, reach out yeah. to Jason or the team, you know, what, uh, what's the best way for people to, you know, it, you know, look under the hood. Is it a demo? Uh, do they reach out to your team? What, what should they do? Yeah. So if they go to www.bitlift.com and that is B I T L Y F T.com. Yep. If they go to that, um, they can sign up for a demo. Okay. They can reach out to us and you're going to talk to either Steve Mosley or myself. Um, there's a couple other individuals on the team, but those are the uh, first two individuals where we really understand the customer's needs and, and what you're doing today. We'd be the first ones to tell you, you might not need us today. You might have it covered really well, or we may, we may share some things with you that, that allows you to see and understand that you do need us. Yeah. Um, but the whole thing is, is when you talk with us, we're actually going to take the time before we even exchange dollars, we're going to take the time to make sure that you're pointed in the right direction and that your, your needs are met. And so we ask a ton of questions up for up front and get to know you and understand you and, uh, and then, and then start to formulate a journey that works for you. Very cool. Very cool. So if people need to get in touch with you is, is the best thing just go to the website bitlift.com or is there any other emails or numbers they should use what's the uh, best yeah way? 
Absolutely. So there is a sales at bitlift.com email address uh, okay. that goes to multiple people on the team. It's a distribution group. And then uh, they can also reach out to us uh, via phone number. We have a, a 517-220-0990. That's our, our main line rings in. You can hit, I think it's press one for sales or something. Um, but uh, those are the main main ways people reach out to us. We also have chat on our website. Um but uh, you know, happy to talk with somebody in a mm-hmm. uh, in a way to just get them started. Like, what 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 are they doing today? What are they not doing? And then mm-hmm. help formulate a path forward. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, hey, Jason, thanks for being on the program today. Uh, it's an honor and a privilege to to talk shop with you, and uh, look forward to seeing you on the road later this month. So, uh, thanks again. Awesome. Any any final comments or words of wisdom you want to drop here before we sign off? Well, I just wanted to thank you and appreciate the time on, on your podcast today. And, uh, you know, if, if people are, um, going after their passion in the space, this is oftentimes what I encourage folks when I meet them at the events and so forth, and they want to get into cybersecurity, I would say, well, why do you want to get into cybersecurity? Well, a friend of mine told me I can make a bunch of money. The pay is really, really well in cybersecurity. I, I would say, well, yeah, I, w- I would say the cybersecurity field pays well, but I would also encourage you, what are you passionate about? Because your passion is going to carry you and drive you through those moments where maybe, maybe money won't. And so I don't know if that ever resonates with you, James, but um, I just try and encourage people to, to go after their passion. And if cybersecurity aligns, then great. But if, if they're super passionate about, you know, something else and they're only getting into this field or the, the IT field uh, because of money, um, I would encourage them otherwise, you know? Yeah. You, you, you just summarized my whole coaching program right there, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you know, I'm, I'm, a, uh, you know, one who, who speaks passionately about, following what you love, do what you love, you know, surround yourself with uh, people that are the right people that that mimic your core values in, in the business. I, I see you believe in that too, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. The money will come. The money will come if you're, if you're following your heart. So uh, because you're going to be Absolutely. that much better. I mean, it's the whole premise of the book, Strength Finders, right? Right. So, yep. Couldn't, Great couldn't, book, by the way. Yeah, it is a good one. It's a good one. Yeah, we'll we'll drop the the link to that as well up uh, up in the show notes. So, hey, thanks again for being on the program. We'll catch up with you soon. Sayonara. Thanks for having me. You bet.